And again, we'd like to thank everybody for their, their faithfulness in serving the Lord. And the church is not the pastor. The church is the body of Christ. Every part of your body is integral. Okay? Every part is important. Even what science used to say wasn't important. Oh, the little pinky toe, it's not important. Hit it one time. Break your pinky toe. It's important, right? Because if it wasn't there as a bumper, you would have broken the other toe, right? Or they say the appendix. It has no purpose. The appendix, let me tell you, they're finding out in modern science that it does. Duh. God put it in there. Well, what does the appendix do? If your appendix ruptures, you can have all these poisons go throughout your body, right? So it would seem that the appendix was like a, oops, saith the Lord. But it wasn't. The appendix, when you have, uh, when you have, well, an upset stomach and a lot comes out, you know what comes out also? Bacteria. It comes out. You know what the appendix does? It flushes your body with healthy bacteria that your body needs to stay healthy. You know, modern science is finding out, well, God's not so crazy after all. You know what? God knows that every little... So if you've been lied to that you're the appendix of the church and you don't mean anything, well, the devil's a liar and he's the father of it. Every part of the church, of the body, is important. And I wish I had a few more important hairs on my head, but... This, you got what you got, right? So Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And with the help of the Lord, just for a few minutes, I'd like to preach on the thought of a message the Lord has laid on our heart as I was reading the Word of God and selected this text, not for me, but the Lord selected it that God can deal with our hearts. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message God can and God will. God can and God will. This uh, person was talking about their amazing ability, you know, like a superpower told his friend, he said, I have this amazing ability. <clears throat> well, what's that amazing ability? Well, to find things just before people realize they have lost them. And he said, wow, well, what do you call it? He said, I don't know, but the police insist on calling it theft. <laughs> <laughs> Some other guys were boasting about how much they could bench press and different things. Well, one guy, you know, he raised his hand. He said, I got an ability. He said, what? He said, I have the ability to jump out of an airplane. I said, well, anyone can do that at 30,000 feet. Well, anybody can do that. He said, but I have the ability to do it with no parachute. And one of his other friends said, right, once. We find in our Bible reading that there was a man with leprosy that approached Jesus as Jesus came down 
As we Bible readers, the eighth chapter of the book of Matthew is after the finish of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus came down from the mountain. The Bible said multitudes followed him. You know, the people follow a lot of celebrities. And I'm not here to bash celebrities. But you know what? I'm thankful that I follow a celebrity. I follow, if he had an Instagram, I'd follow him. If he had Facebook, I'd follow him. His name is Jesus. The Bible said wise men came seeking him. Well, let me tell you, wise men still seek Jesus. Wise women still seek Jesus. He didn't perform any miracles on the Sermon on the Mount, and yet it so touched people's heart that they went to hear it, and after the sermon was done, they wanted more. We ate some pancit yesterday, and if you haven't had pancit before, I'm sorry, but it's so good. I was at someone's house, so I'm like, I'm not going to eat too much and look like I'm a glutton. It's like, oh, I'm good. As soon as we went home, they sent some home with us. We ate all of the rest of it. <laughs> Say, preacher, are you a glutton? I don't know if you call it that, but you know what? I want more. And the same thing when God begins to speak to your heart. Man, I need some more. I began to realize that God, when, he, when I came to the house of the Lord the first time and God was speaking to my heart, I wasn't done yet when the sermon was done. I needed some more. I wanted that reality in God. And there was a leper there. It said, behold. Why did it say that? Because lepers, uh, you know, they were like the opposite of celebrities. They were the people that you didn't want to see. And he was right there in front of Jesus. Now, leprosy... Uh, today it's called Hansen's disease. And there are many diseases that perhaps were called leprosy in the, in, in the Bible because they didn't have the ability to diagnose things that we have today. So one of the things that lepers could have had is called Hansen's disease. And there were, could have been many contagious skin diseases that they called leprosy. I, I don't know how many there were back then. But uh, Hansen's disease, it actually destroys your neural pathways, so where your neurons uh, communicate back and forth. And it causes limbs to become gangrenous, and then you would have to amputate the limb. So how did the leper end the card game? He threw in his hand, right? So there's jokes like that. But he says, preacher, it's not funny. Well, really, it's not funny. But it causes blindness, it causes dementia, and then it attacks what? the brain. So we say, well, preacher, why do they use lepers? And why do they talk about lepers? A leper was a living parable of what it was to live in sin. So leprosy has been uh, followed as something that was uh, a modern parable of what it was to be a sinner without God. You would have your neural pathways attacked. Think about what sin does. It attacks everything. It amputates relationships. It amputates good jobs. It amputates blessings. And eventually it attacks the very way that you think. And, it, and eventually you die. It kind of eats you from the inside out. There is an invisible hand that's destroying your life. In the Old Testament, if you had leprosy, it it was, it was regarded, you know, they had a bunch of rules. They had all these uh, rules. Like they had, they had social distancing. The lepers were supposed to live alone. Uh, they had certain garments that they were supposed to wear. But all of these things, leprosy was regarded as a visitation for God because of sin. So you were supposed to mourn as a leper in the Old Testament. And in the time of Jesus, as if someone died. So you are walking around in a, pers in a state 
of perpetual mourning. And you know what? That's kind of how it is to live in sin. You're in a state of perpetual mourning. You might be fake happy on Saturday at the club, and you're faking it until you make it, and then, oh, Monday's coming, and you limp throughout the week, and then you're just happy when it's Friday, and you thank God it's Friday, then you go, and you fake it on Saturday, and oh, Sunday's coming around, that means Monday. It's a state of perpetual mourning. And, and so the Bible said that uh, they would rend their clothes, they would, they would rip their clothes as if they were mourning for the dead. And they would have their head bare, which means their hair would be disheveled. It's kind of like a lot of people at COVID, right? They would wear jogging pants, like they rent their clothes, right? And, uh, and then people wouldn't do their hair because they were in a state, though, of perpetual mourning. And then they would put a covering on, huh, their upper lip. Kind of sounds like masks, right? Well, really, they were covering their beard because a beard, a full beard, was a sign of virility and blessing and men would have their beards trimmed right and if you wanted to dishonor a man you could shave off part of his beard which uh they did to some of david's ambassadors in the old testament it was a sign when you covered your beard that you were in mourning that you were uh you were in a in in a state of distress and then the bible also said that you had to cry that you were unclean that's pretty rough can you imagine if you got COVID and when someone came within six feet, COVID positive, COVID positive. You know, if I was a kid, I'd have a good time with that because I would cry that to everybody just so that I could go to the first line in Starbucks. I'd be like, COVID positive, COVID positive. They'd all run out. I'm like, just kidding. Hey, can I order a large, you know, anyway. But unclean, unclean. Thank God that we don't have to do that, right? But the Bible said that with all of these things, there was a leper diagnosed, and I don't know exactly what the social distancing rules as far as the amount of paces, but they were supposed to be away from society. But I'm thankful that God has a miracle for whatever we're going through. And this man listened to Jesus. The Bible said, first of all, seeing the multitudes at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible said, Jesus went up into a mountain and notice. When he was set or sitting down, his disciples came unto him. You know that when we come to Jesus, you're already stepping up. In the Bible, it talks about when people went to Egypt, they would go down to Egypt. It was symbolic of going away from the will of God. But when you came to God, every way when you come to God is up. And you know that I don't believe that our jobs were looking for a demotion, like, oh, I'm praying for a demotion. I want a I wanna pay drop. If you ever go and ask your boss, like, can you pay me less? And I want to work more. And in, in, uh, I talk to a lot of guys who are Spanish speakers when you see them at a job site and they say, mucho trabajo, poco dinero. A lot of work and just a little bit of money. But nobody goes in and says to their boss, ooh, could I have mucho trabajo and poco dinero? No, no one's looking for more work and less money. We all want less work and better compensation. You know, when you come up to Jesus Christ, it's a step up in your life. The Bible says his disciples came up even to hear from God. And this morning, when you come to the house of God, it's a step up to step out of your house and come to the house of God and let God do something in our lives. The Bible said that when God uh, listened to this man, the Bible said that God 
wasn't doubted in his ability. He said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. You know, there are people, though, that, that doubt that God even can. That God can be God. In the Psalms, the Bible said to his own people, he said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God? You know that uh, someone preached a message. God can. Not only did he furnish a table in the wilderness for his people, he did it for 40 years. You know that every message you hear is important. And, uh, you know, my wife has cooked a lot of meals in 20 years. And I couldn't name them. If I had to list them, how many meals is that? A couple meals a day, 365 days, because I eat every day. 366 on leap year. For 20 years, that's what? Uh, 3,600 days for 10, so 72. 7,300 times 2 is like 10,000 meals. How many can you write down? What did you drink? What did you eat? What was the dessert? Thank God for desserts. I know what it is, chocolate chip cookies, because that's what dessert is in my house. Okay. But I can't name very many. But let me tell you, it's the same thing with messages. I can't name all those messages, but they were like food that kept me going. They were like nourishment that kept me going. And those meals might not have been something that I shouted about, but they filled me up and got me to the next place that I needed to be. And that's exactly what the Word of God does. It fills us up and gets us to the next place. Israel neglected to realize that they didn't even have to get new shoes. Their shoes didn't even wax old on their feet 40 years. Man, I want to know what brand name that is, right? That your shoes last for 40 years. Their feet didn't swell even though they were walking out in the desert for 40 years. God can set a table in the wilderness. God's faithful. You know that, uh, and it's a wonderful thing what God can do. And uh, really, this message isn't about what God can do. God can do anything. God can part the seas. We read in the, in, the, uh, will, in the word of God, God can even pluck someone out of hell if he wants to and bring them back to life. Say, no, he can't. Have you ever read Jonah? Jonah, when he died, did not go to heaven. He died in disobedience, running from God. And uh, he was preacher, but he was alive in the whale. No, he wasn't. He was dead. Because Jesus said, I give you the sign of the prophet Jonah. So as Jonah was going to be in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. What was he saying? Just like Jonah was dead. Otherwise, Jesus was saying that Jesus didn't die, which would mean that we're still in our sins because Christ had to die for our sins. But you see, Jonah was dead. Jonah, when you die, where do you go? One of two places. Jonah was not right with God. Jonah went down, but Jonah prayed from hell. Now, I'm not saying to do this because God did this, but this isn't normally what happens. And God heard his prayer. His prayer came up from hell all the way into heaven. And God spoke to that fish. Jesus called it a whale. And it vomited out Jonah. Not in, a, you know, a, 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 in the middle of the ocean. That'd be awful, right? I'm alive. The wave hits you. I'm not alive. But he vomited him out. On dry land. The wave came, the whale came all the way up to the shore and then vomited Jonah. I wonder if God's like, you're going to have to take something with you. I'm just going to make you start in whale vomit. You know, that's, you know, God has a sense of humor, okay? But the Bible says, and you can't get the vomit smell off. Have you ever had a kid vomit on you right when you're leaving to go to somewhere like, 
it stays, right? You might as well throw the clothes out, burn them in the backyard, okay? But God has a sense of humor. But we know God can do anything. When you read the Bible, there's nothing that God can't do. And this leper realized that, but he had something else that was really going on in his life. You see, God can. We all know that. But here was the problem that he had. He said, if thou wilt. He really wasn't sure if God wanted to help him. Have you ever gone through something for a while? And it, you went through something for a long time and you didn't know, like the woman with the issue of blood, how long was it? 12 years. And it just didn't change. And you began to realize and think, am I going to be like this forever? Does God want me to have this issue of blood forever? And she didn't know it was going to be 12 years or 20 years. But I like what she said. She said, All I've got to do, she said within her heart, if I can just touch his garment. She trusted the will of God. You know, that's something that I I can see that this man, having been a leper and, you know, having lost out on many blessings, and he he wasn't looking good on, uh, what do they call that love website or whatever? He wasn't looking good on that love website. Man, no no one's going to say it because then you're going to think you go on that website. But it's like... uh, I don't go. No, I'm not going to say that one. But he wasn't looking good with this photo right there having leprosy, right? So he must have had a messed up love life. He must have had a less messed up family life. Couldn't be around and go to all the celebrations. And you must just think that God hates you. That God's not going to do it in your life. I was reading in the Psalms and it said, A fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. You know that... It spoke to my heart when I read that this morning, not, not the scripture itself, but that you could have a conversation with yourself. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever had a conversation where you hear your voice in your head? I have. And you're like talking to yourself. You're having a conversation with yourself. You ever, no one's ever done that? It's like a dialogue between one person. <laughs> Dialogue is a conversation. It's supposed to at least be two, right? But, but a dialogue, and, and I can imagine that this leper is like, man, I know God can do all of these amazing things, but I, I, I just don't know if he'll do it for me. And when he approached him, he said, God, I know you can do it, but, but will you? You know that I believe if, if we can hear our own voice in our head, Jesus said, my sheep... Hmm. Now, I haven't heard God speak out loud. Now, I've heard God speak through others. I've heard God speak through the preacher. I've heard God speak through the radio. I was having a disagreement with my wife about something, and my wife said, let's just go take a walk. You know, talk things out. My daughter wasn't born yet to speak for the Lord, you know, because she has to add her two cents, right? So, we're driving home, and I still remember it was on... Timaquana and Katoma, I had slowed down, and the man on the radio said, why don't you just take your wife for a walk? And I'm like, no. I was too stubborn, we didn't go for a walk. I just like turned it off or whatever. You know, God said, preacher, that, that absolutely happened. I have my wife right here, and this doesn't make me look good because I just turned the radio off like, you're not supposed to talk. You know, even the radio, God can bust in on the radio. 
God can do anything. I didn't, I didn't doubt that God had that. I just probably wanted to stew in my stubbornness for a little while. If you're a man, you know what I'm talking about. Because the talk with my wife might reveal that I wasn't right in that situation. But I wanted to stay the way I wanted to stay. But this leper, he stepped outside of that and began to venture, God, I'm not so sure about your will. I'm having this dialogue in my mind that, God, you're not going to speak in my situation. But I'm thankful to say that this morning, God can, but God will. You know, when he came to the Lord, he wasn't disappointed. Jesus said what? He said, I will. It's my desire. The Bible said, who will have all men to be saved. God has a will. God has a desire. You know, have you ever looked at someone that maybe doesn't serve God in your mind? I worked with a guy named Alberto Baragan, and he was not a Christian, okay? And uh, I remember I, I looked in my mind at him preaching, and he had a suit on. Now, I don't know if he ever got saved, but it started with the change of who you thought or what you thought God could do in someone's life. Have you changed that thinking and say, well, but my neighbor, my boss, my, my loved one, have you changed that dialogue inside? And I believe that God can touch anyone. I believe that God can speak to anyone, but he can, but I believe he will. Let me tell you about the blessings. When you believe that God will, it will change your walk with him. Because you begin to walk by faith and not by sight. We were coming home from that Bible study yesterday, and I was kind of hungry for something sweet, which I usually am every day. Yeah. In partic- sweet in general, particular chocolate chip cookies. So I, I walked home, and, and we were like just getting home, and I'm thinking, what am I going to eat sweet? Because dinner's not done until you eat something sweet. But that's me, right? And uh, we have an awesome neighbor. She's just walking up to us with the brown bag. Like the old paper brown bag. Did we bring some? In the children's church, church, right? (laughs) She brought two bags. She brought one bag of fresh chocolate chip cookies for me, which I ate all of. And then she brought, yeah, I know that's bad. But then she brought another bag for the church, which I ate like four or five of. (laughs) I'm part of the church, right? (laughs) And I sat there knowing, you know, have you ever done something where you're like, it's not completely right, but I'm just going to justify it. I'm part of the church and I got into the second bag. So (laughs) no, no one's done that. I don't feel bad. I was good. I told my wife, I said, I have a confession. She says, did it have to do with cookies or something? How many cookies did you eat? But you know that God has a blessing for not only you. And I began to realize, you know, that God has a desire to bless lives. And God has the little desires of your heart. And he says, you just delight yourself in me. Delight yourself in me. And I'll give you the desires of your heart. Whether it's chocolate chip cookies or anything else that you're going for. God can and God will. And it begins to prompt us. We begin to realize, wait a second. If God can and God will, then I can. I can. Paul said I can do all things through Christ, but even one more thing than that, I will. You know, that's where it comes down to. You know what? I will. The Bible said that Jesus said, be. I like that. He said, be thou 
clean. You know, when God touches us, he changes not just our situation. I still go through things. You still go through things. But he changes who we are. God changes that internal dialogue. You know, the greatest habit change is an identity change. If someone offers you a cigarette, there's two ways to respond, right? One is, uh, no thanks, I am trying to quit, right? And another way you can say, no thank you, I am not a smoker. One is saying I'm trying to change my behavior. You know what the other one says? That's not me. You know, when God comes to our life, when we begin to realize that God can and God will, it changes us. And we begin to realize, wait a second, the Bible says that uh, if any man be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, they're new. They're a new creature. You know, one of the things that they're new with, they have changed from believing that God just not can, but God will. That God will do it in my life. God will do it where I work. God will do it in my family. God will do it in my life, in my car, in the, the things. Even dessert, God can bless us with dessert. But God is looking for us to have a new identity and make that identity as one that believes that God will. I, I close with this, but I remember my wife comes to the piano. I was at work, uh, working for a, a, a company for many years. Good people, right? I work for some good people. We sold beer in our soda machine. And uh, I was the warehouse guy. I would buy the sodas. I would stock the sodas. Someone else would buy the beer. <laughs> they would stock the beer. And people bought the beer. I mean, this was, uh, it was all adults, right? So people would buy the beer. And it would run out. When the sodas ran out, I'd restock them. When the beer ran out, I don't know who did it. They would restock it, right? But one day the beer ran out. And I remember my boss and I, it was like high noon, right? He was standing there and I was standing here and it was in the warehouse. And he was probably looking at the soda machine that was out of beer. And he looked at me and he goes, ain't you going to buy no beer? Now this is the one that hired me and the one that could fire me. And I looked at him and I said, I ain't gonna buy no beer. I said, I am a Christian. And I remember he kind of looked at me with this goofy look. Now I wasn't saying I'm trying to quit. I was saying that God made a fundamental change in me and then nothing else really matters. And I remember he kind of had this goofy look on his face realizing that I wasn't gonna budge. Well, he didn't fire me. Well, let me tell you what did happen. We stopped selling beer in that soda machine. And then we stopped selling, that soda machine went in the dumpster after a little while because people weren't paying for it. They were just kind of stealing. They had that special gift, right? <laughs> of theft. But all it takes is for someone to say, you know what, I believe that God can and that I believe that God will because I am. And you know that Jesus said before Abraham was, he said, I am. When God sent Moses, he said, I am that I am have sent you. And when you believe that God can, you can believe that God will, but he can change that internal dialogue by changing who you are in Christ. The Bible says if any man or woman be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things. The old way of even thinking is passed away. 
And behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, you know that thing that you're going through? You're like, well, God, He can. He can. But are we like that leper and said, if you will, you know, God, if you want to. Let me tell you what the answer of the Lord is. I want to. Say, God, will you speak into this situation? I want to. He'll speak life into the death of that situation. He'll speak light into the darkness of that situation. He'll speak power where you have no power in that situation. You need to break that habit. You know, you've been trying to break the habit, but what you need is a new identity. Say, you know what? I'm not a person that does that because God has changed me because God can and God will. So I can, so I will, I will. I will, because you see the end of it is the Bible said his leprosy was cleansed and he was made clean because he believed that God was and that God could so that he could so that he did. But you know, I say that right before we find a place to pray because I don't think that anything's too big or too small for God to touch it. And I believe if we believe that God can, Let's take it a step further. Let's believe that God will. And it might be the craziest situation that you can't even explain to yourself. But God can do something anyway. Because God can and God will. Let's find a place to pray. God can and God will.